Yo, what's up? It's Mike Russo. Growing up, not growing old. This is the fourth installment to the Gungo reboot. What I'm doing is I'm taking some of the older shows, re-releasing them, uh, re-releasing them uh, messing with the audio quality, making them a little better audio-wise, updating the intro and outro musics, and uh, in some cases, taking two episodes and smashing them together. Because in the beginning, I had uh, I would do like two hours with someone, split it into two shows, but I'm just going to put those together to make one show. And not only is this for the people who are just jumping on, this is maybe for the guys who've been listening for like five or ten episodes and to familiarize themselves with the older stuff, with some of the guys who I had on early on who don't really do it as much as they did. Plus, I really like those old shows. The quality's not so good because, you know, it was brand new. But it's, it's really good stuff. This episode here, my brother Anthony is on and we talk about hardcore and the pussy the, 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 the pussy nation of America and what happened to hip-hop and a little bit of politics and American tough guy actors and movies and it's a lot going on in this episode man really 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 good shit and this is the first episode where I, I used my new microphone so the quality is better than the last couple uh, gungo reboots that were released uh, the first four episodes I did with a little uh, blue Mikey headphone this one I used the spark digital so quality's gonna get better as I start re-releasing the old shows. The quality's gonna get better and better. So you uh, look forward to that. And also, this episode of the Gungo reboot consists of episode five and six from the original run. Uh, and next week it'll have some. I'll have some new shit. The week after that, I'll do another re-release. The week after that, new shit. Then the week after that, another re-release. So you know, this is the this is the pattern I'm going going with because summertime is just so much shit going on and summertime I just can't do a new sh- new show every week it's just too much content to cover and I don't just can't do it so this is good though you get new shit you get the old shit the old shit's good too new shit's good it's just uh, you know I'm, uh, just, this is what I'm doing right now growing up not growing old check me out on iTunes uh, gungo.podbean.com I'm on Stitcher Make sure to go to iTunes and leave reviews and uh, comments and, and, you know, all that good shit. You know, get the word out there, man. I, I told a bunch of you guys I'd give you shirts. I haven't decided on a design I like yet. So that's going to be a while. So, you know, I'll put that on hold. But uh, stickers, uh, I'll send stickers out with the shirts once I, uh, when I do get a design I like. And uh, I guess that's about it for now. Enjoy uh, episode five and six of the reboot, fourth installment. It's getting kind of confusing, isn't it? All right, I'll keep you updated. Later. You think we're assholes. You don't know shit. Every minute is new. And one minute of work. We never were as straight as men. You're thinking of PC. We drink, we smoke, we fuck, we fight. We know PC fantasy. So we're assholes. Just let me. Do what you want with your life. But don't get me. We drink, we smoke. My memory is uh, not legendary, but it's like uh, notorious for being spotty at best. Like, spotty I, like what? <laughs> like, in one of the podcasts I did, I remembered I was wearing the Gorilla Biscuits shirt the first time I f- met my friend Yvonne. But two episodes before that, a situation happened in Hunter Mountain. I couldn't remember the details. Jay had, had to fill them in. But today, I thought of something funny. <laughs> Ready for this? Ready for this? <laughs> sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.
You remember that? That's from the television, <laughs> right? Well, every show back in the Yo, 80s. was it Sit Boo or Sit Ubu because it was Ubu Productions? Wow, it was Ubu. Ah, it was, no, I'm telling you, I, it was Ubu Productions, but and one time I said that to somebody. He was like, Sit Boo Sit. I was like, nah, bro. Nah, Ubu. Ubu, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Ubu sounds better, but it's Ubu. It says it right there. I thought it was Boo forever until uh, I saw the UBU. All right, how about this one? What's the dog's name in Jaws? It's uh, Pippet. It's <laughs> I think it's Pippin with an N. I don't know. Pippet, Pippet. I can't. If I'm being too loud, let me know. I can't really hear my own voice too good in the headphones. Pippet. <laughs> Yo, Jaws holds up though. Dude, I watched it last week. Are you kidding me? And then he said the story. I fucking rewinded it and listened to the story again. I uh, you know the about that story. You're talking about the uh, the USS Indianapolis. Yes. Didn't you say you looked that up one time and it didn't happen? Or something, something was spotty about it. I think you were telling the, me. Well, the thing that I... Uh, I didn't look it up or anything, but what, what I do know is that that was written by the guy who wrote Conan. Milius? Wait, uh, I was going to... I'm good at that I gotta, shit. I, I got plenty of mindless... <laughs> no, Makes no sense information. But Mil- John Milius. John Milius wrote like a fucking 15-page monologue. About um, the USS Indianapolis. I don't know if it was true or not. Hey, where'd you find that? <laughs> Where the fuck did you find the monologue on that? Like, what, what were you looking? It actually, I heard it from a couple different places. O and A talked about it a couple times. Uh, they're good with movies, by the way. Yeah, um, like they'll actually have movies that we know, and we know movies that no one knows. That's another problem. Well, let me just finish with the with the with that Indianapolis yeah. thing. Is that uh, Milius wrote a giant. Fucking monologue, and you know who rewrote it and got it down to what it was? There was another writer involved too. Fucking Quint. I heard that Quint did those scenes drunk, and his, and how he switched that up. The yeah. monologue he switched it while he was all boozed up. Yeah, he rewrote it. That fucking awesome. Was you that. know how you know you could tell he's drunk you too because he's like. Start the engines. Mm-hmm. And he's all fucking... You can't act like that. That's yeah. gotta be real. He's, he was a drunk... He was a fucking drunkard. But getting back to the... Um, the one they known about movies and stuff, like our movies. I used to feel... Some movies were our movies, but now they're not our movies anymore. Example. Scarface. Definitely not our movie. <laughs> That's definitely not our movie anymore. We've seen that in the fucking theaters. Alright. Have example. you listened to any of my podcasts lately? Not lately. That time when we spoke... I put it on. All right, because it came up last show. How old was I? How old were we when we saw Scarface? I was like seven, eight, maybe. I, I can't recall exactly. That's, that's why there. I had it. That can't be right. That means I was three. Dude, we used to go on Toys R Us and steal. Well, who wouldn't back then? <laughs> now you can't do shit. No, but we used to go into Toys R Us and steal with them condoning it. Now, should well, I say that? I don't know, but we used to go. No, that's okay because... We used to steal the fucking race cars. That's okay to say that because, you know, back then, you know, you don't have so much money. It's all right. You, that's what you did. You know, even if it's toys. Because you know what? If I was poor, I would... And there wasn't cameras and, 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 and fucking ink packs everywhere. And Emma wanted to go take a little pet shop, like those little... To- uh, go ahead. Right? I got to agree. That's it. If we don't got fucking money to Why buy them... Why do people rich steal? Winona Ryder, for example. She fucking jacks everything. 
I She's think, loaded. All right, I think, you know why? I, I haven't really thought about this. This is just something that I just, right? I just came up with just now. I haven't even given this any thought, but I just thought of it just now. I think because she's so rich and privileged. Do you remember Batman Begins where where Bruce Wayne, before he goes off to be a criminal, he talks to a, 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 a Falcone, and Falcone's like, you always fear what you don't understand. Yes. And I think uh, Winona Ryder and, and, and Lohan and them, they're so fucking privileged and rich that they don't understand the other side of, of, of like, underprivileged people. Shouldn't they take that and run with it, though? They want to... Experience that they want to, they want to feel that rush, that 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 of stealing. That they they steal because they want to feel that rush of the other side when the other side steals for necessity. That's pathetic. That's sorry, <laughs> that's it's pathetic. Terrible. It's sorry, and I think it might that's be terrible. I think it might be the truth. I don't. know That's my theory on it. Speaking of Batman, right? Going to that Batman thing. Batman, right? Christian Bell, Snake Plissken. I heard is going to be Gerard Butler. Right? Okay. Snake Plissken, if. See if you agree with me. Snake Plissken's not Americana. Like, Americana. Snake Plissken. Escape from New York. That was one of our movies, too. Right. It definitely was. Actually, that still is, though. Well, I think since, that the, still is. since the sequel came out, and just. I, I think. It, 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 yeah, maybe. Maybe, but. No, yeah. What, the sequel, what? Escape from LA? <laughs> Yeah, it was so bad. It was that so was bad. Hollywood starting to take over. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Escape from L.A. Right. All that stuff, they take over. But going back to the Batman, these English actors are doing everything. Right, Gerard Butler. Yeah, they're yeah. They're doing everything. I think he's Australian, but same point. Yeah, they, they're doing everything. They, that, like, Let me break down Batman for you. I'll get back to that in a second. Chris, Batman, Christian Bale. Wales. He's from Wales. Yeah. Michael Caine, yes. English. Yes. Gary Oldman, English. Yeah. Director. Heath Ledger, Australian. Liam Neeson, English. Mm-hmm. Fucking Bane. Uh, Tom, Tom Hardy, Hardy. English. Mm-hmm. Who's fucking American? Maggie Gyllenhaal and Katie Holmes? That's it. The whole fucking movie is out of towners. Why not? You're right. Pick, pick roles for those people. Who we got? You Jer- got nobody. Ren- Jeremy Renner? Jeremy fucked up Hansel and He fucked up. That's bad. You see Hurt Locker? Banging fucking movie. You, but Jeremy Renner, he's not... I don't know. He's he's good, but there's something about him that doesn't give him that that number one guy thing. Like he Christian looks, Bale has that number one... Jeremy you know? Renner looks like a squirt. Like, he kind of... Yeah, I he mean, he, he's he, not overpowering, or, or, or he's not... He's not intimidating. Like, for Hurtlock, he was perfect for the fact that he was like a normal guy. He was a normal guy, but he was just an adrenaline junkie type guy. He wasn't like Batman, you know, larger in life, you know, beating the crap out of ten people. He's not overpowering, you're exactly, right. Exactly, you know? He's not overpowering. And and, and, and fucking, um, if, I, if I snort or say butter, point that shit out, because those are my crutches. I'm trying to get over that shit. Last couple of shows. Gotcha. Big <laughs> Check this but. out too. I got one for you. Terminator Salvation, right? I liked it. A lot of people hated it. There were some parts I didn't like, but for the most part, I thought it was pretty cool. The guy who directed as Mick G, right? Or MCG or whatever. Mick, uh, Mick G, yeah. Yeah. So um, 
I was reading an interview with him because what they're trying to do is they're trying to do two more Terminators after Salvation. So I, I read an interview with him, and um, he was saying he couldn't find anyone to play Marcus. Is that his name, Marcus? Who, uh, which, which character? Sam Worthington. Yeah, yeah, Marcus. Marcus. He couldn't find anyone to play Marcus, right? And I remember, I'm like, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm like, wow, there's plenty of people. And then I'm thinking about it. I was like, there really is no one. So what he was, he was saying, and he was like, uh, I had to go to find an Australian bricklayer. McG's an American? McG, I'm almost positive he's an American. 90%, I think he's American. But regardless, he was like, uh, I had to find like an Australian bricklayer to play that role. I couldn't find anyone to play that role. Really? There are no Americans out there that, that take over. Like, you know, I, I don't... Okay, I, I uh, for instance, Steve McQueen, Bullet, he, he rules one that. One of my he, favorites, he, by the way. He rules the screen. He, he fucking, he, he owns it. Every scene in that movie, he owns Even if he's not doing anything, Dude, his face owns it. The way he looks, the way he... That's a great American. That's a great American, was a great American actor right there. Speaking of which, man, you see that right there? Sam see that? No. You ever, you ever see this movie, Sam Pebbles? No. All right. Look, I, I just know, I just bought a four pack of his movies. For though. the new, for the people into movies now, they're not gonna pick it up because today movies. Uh, Richard Attenborough. Just yes, sounds, just sounds like an old name. It's a fucking man's man. <laughs> Look at his face, McQueen's face. Look at that. Look at it. Murphy Brown in him. that movie. Yo, by wow. the way, she was she was pretty hot back then. Oh yeah. This right here, The Sand Pebbles, Steve McQueen, is a friggin' phenomenal movie. He's like a hero. He can't beat up ten people at once, but he can whoop somebody's ass. How about Bullet? Yeah, Bullet's great. Uh, not Bullet, uh, I'm sorry, Great Escape. Great Escape, I've never seen the whole thing, but... Uh, class. Instant class. But, uh... Yeah. No butters. No, no butters. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's from what I seen, it was pretty fucking awesome. That was what was that? I, I'm looking. I was talking to somebody the other day about movies, right? And they were like uh, throwing movies out there, like <laughs> some some real classics, man. And this guy said to me, "This is a good movie." What's the movie with LL Cool J, Samuel Jackson about the shark? Down oh, below, God, the beneath. No, no, it's um. Uh, 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 deep, uh, deep, deep blue, deep, deep blue, blue sea, deep or blue. something like that. It's it's deep blue. They that movie was so bad, but you want to see something cool, man? You got to see the part where Samuel Jackson's talking and the shark takes him. <laughs> Anyone <laughs> out there listening to this right now, go to Google. Oh, I'm sorry, YouTube, and watch that part. It's fucking classic. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's so good. It's so bad. It's the CGI was it was very uh, uh, young back then. It didn't it look yeah. like mad fake? It looks great. It looks great. I'm, t- <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's classic, man. So, what do you think happened with with American tough guy actors? England uh, happened. That's what happened. No, what happened to the to the American stock? America. Is it just another example of the femininity of yes, our culture? Perfectly said. Everything now is looking pretty, dressing pretty. Uh, Timberland work boot. Timberland's always been a work boot, right? Now it's a style. 
Timberland's a style. You know what I'm saying? Carhartt work. They made it a style. Every everything now is being pretty. But wouldn't work stuff being style be rugged? But it's not. It's, like I, I got a. There's a lot of. Pe- I work with a lot of Dominicans and they all wax their eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, I've seen they that. All wax their eyebrows. That's that's bad. I just can't do it. You know, it's funny too. Americans have been they consumed with being pretty and not eating a cheeseburger or not uh, don't have French fries and soda. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know what? They're obsessed with like looking pretty, and everything is like that. It's the it's the it's like the it's the it's like the Hollywood cancer. It, it, it's it's kind of s- spreading. Everyone wants to be a celebrity. Exactly. Everybody wants to be like a celebutard. <laughs> yeah, yo, you know what, too? We spoke a while back. We, we've spoke a few times. I've spoke to other people about hip-hop. What happened to hip-hop, right? And I, th- I, I think I have a theory on that, but go ahead. Yo, hip-hop has always been... Uh, has, has always had style in it. Like, even back, Lee jeans, the different color Lee jeans... Shell top Adidas and this and that. That got so blown up. Now, I remember when I grew up, when I was growing up, hip hop was played midnight. At midnight. Chuck D said it. I get on the mix late in the night. You would never hear hip hop at 7 o'clock in the evening. Ever. Now, if you don't have radio play and you hip hop, you're out. Even pop stations. You're out. It's like, I don't. Basically, if you're not making money, if you're underground in hip hop, you're out. That, I yeah, mean, uh, that's that's what happened to hip hop. Style, money. But when, what was because what was the transitional period? Because I think I, I haven't. Yeah, because you know it was. Had to be. It went from street to poppy, flashy, fucking. I don't know. I don't know when, but I think I know who. I'm going to blame it. I'm going to blame it on someone right now. I think I'm with you on this. I'm going to blame the South. I'm not, I'm not with you on this. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I'm going to blame the South for Crunkin', for Soldier Boy, for... Uh, I'm blaming the South. <laughs> That's basically right. what it is. All right, so hip-hop always had... Fashion flesh. Even you Without go back to fucking go back to Ice T fucking yes. Ice T albums talking about girls and guns and cars yes. and watches and gold and all that shit. But it was still like some real gangster street level shit. Exactly. Now I come back to New York. You know, I'm, I'm just going back to the '90s because the '80s you know I'd run DMC and Eric B and, and and those guys and even into the '90s a little bit. But I'm going back to like you know Nas. That first Nas album, I think, is the greatest hip-hop album of all time. Illmatic is badass. That's even... That's, like, biologi- uh, uh, biographical for me, too, but... That's a necessity in anyone's collection. Illmatic, and then you got that first Wu-Tang album. Yes. And that's just straight, dirty street shit. Yep. And um, that first Biggie album came out, and that was good. Yes. Now, here's the transition. It's Puff Daddy's fault. I agree with you. It's Diddy's fault. No, because no, I agree totally with that, too. Puff Daddy... Had a lot to do with it. Because people think that, that that Biggie's first single was juicy. It wasn't. No? No, no. People... Th- Alright, Warning was Biggie... What, is the one Biggie wanted to come out with. And? Puffy was like, no, you can't do that because 
you, you're gonna get the nigga. You already got the niggas. Right. You got to get the girls because you already got the niggas. Oh, that's terrible. Get put Juicy out first. That's... They may even release Warning first, but Juicy was the one they pushed. It was like, yeah, you already got the niggas because you got the skills. Right. But now you got to get the girls on. So Juicy came out first. And then... Oh, my God. That makes a lot of sense. And then, and then fucking... Who was really... There might have been... Who was talking about the, the high-end clothes? Who was talking about Versace before Biggie? Really? No. There were, but it wasn't... Vers- the high-end stuff, you're right. No. So it was all about Adidas and Puma baskets... And uh, stuff like that, Lee jeans, and but it wasn't like Versace, and yeah. it, it, all of a sudden they're doing runway shows. <laughs> so it was he started rapping about Versace and what Moet? That's just some Cristal. Cristal comes in now. The the once you get once you're in hip hop, your, your album it, it hits. You, you, you that you lose some of that edge, I think. So, like, you kind of lose that edge, and you're rapping about Versace and Cristal and fucking all these things, and it says, yeah, Salvatore Ferragamo shoes and shit. <laughs> and fucking, you kind of, it's almost like the beats got softer to match the rhymes, which are about that high-end shit. But and that's what they like. Before you know it, you're sampling fucking, uh, who, who uh, I'm coming out, who's that, Gloria, uh, uh, the disco chick? Gloria Gaynor. Not her though. No, not Gloria. Diana Roy, simply Diana, Diana Roy, shit right. on your beats, and and you're wearing as as the locks said, the shiny suits, and so bad. Then that made money. That was popular. All the hip hop artists came and started to emulate that, and, and now we're here, where hip hop is now crap taking from skater and, and and speaking of that skater culture with the pants and the skating. You know, <laughs> I've seen it a lot lately. I see. I see a lot of black kids, and I, pl- I play I play roller hockey, and I play near the projects. We have the rink is right across from the projects, and I see a lot of black kids over there, and they look like, almost like they look like white metalheads from 1985 with their pants That's and their shirts. Now, the kid had on skin-tight jeans, he had on black Converse, right, and he had a Ramones t-shirt on. This is an outright black kid, and there, now there are some who dress like that. But I'm seeing this all over the place with the skinny jeans and all of this. And I don't. Where did that come from? <laughs> I tell you where that comes from. It's that was when when I say we, I don't mean me and you. I mean we as as just I guess white people into into different music. We did that as like almost like a rebellion against what. Not a rebellion, but like no, we anti, that. like anti. Right. Now, what's left to be anti with in hip hop? It's so commercial. Mm. Now you got. I heard. I heard a story. I know. Uh, I heard a story about this DJ. He was DJing in a club, and he said the black girls are coming in with uh, fucking safety pins in their noses. Get out of here! Is that the truth? Who yeah. said that? Uh, Troy Kwan. He's on O and A. He's a DJ with safety pins. Like old school punk rockers. Do you remember when people used to fucking laugh at you and abuse you for safety pins? See, I used now, to wear one in my ear. See, now that's their new... They have nowhere else to go because their culture is pop. It's popular culture. So they have nowhere to to anti to. Rebel. What's the word? Not rebel. No, no that's, a, that's a good point, though. So that's where they're going with it. So they're going to recycle old school white boy stuff? <laughs> it happens all the time. That's where hip-hop... Hip-hop isn't original. Everything they do is borrowed from somebody else. 
whether it's their clothes, the baggy clothes, skaters did baggy clothes first. Yes. If, but they don't say that, though. Hip-hop says that they get it from jail. With well, a baggy you know pants what? Camp. They, yeah. do, they do wear baggy pants in yeah. jail. But if you look at the cover of Youth of Today, Break Down the Walls, mm-hmm. he's wearing baggy pants, like the parachute pants. Wow. You know? And that's parachute old. How old is that? Pants. To me, I think hardcore stayed... Hardcore has changed. Hardcore has changed. I think. But Because I was going to say that hardcore, to me, is the only one that stayed real. And it's still real, but hardcore has changed, too. I think it's changed. Hardcore, to me, went metal, almost. Like, hip-hop went pop. And hardcore is almost going metally. What do you mean? Because the the, the 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 core bands that we listen to are still who they are. I mean, Agnostic Front always had that crossover sound. Yeah, I guess you're right. Sick of it all always stay true. They always maybe it's all not. their albums are different, but they're all hardcore. You know what? Maybe it's not metal. Maybe it's uh, with the exception of a couple. A lot of them are going thug. Like when we go to shows, right? Let's say like we're gonna go to Black and Blue. You're gonna see that thug element. The thugs are gonna be there. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, that, that's weird too. I see it going that way a lot too. As opposed I to think, when I was growing up it was more uh I think it was always there. It just didn't it have was a there. Name. it just didn't have a name. And True. a style to it. True. It I was just how you lived. It's stamped now, right? Yeah, exactly. It has now it has an identity. People still don't understand hardcore. And if they if, they if, don't. They never will. If they don't know they never will. If, you know, if someone asks me what NYHC stands for, I don't I don't even answer them. No, I mean how do you explain that? New York, Hispanics. You know what I've heard? What should I've heard? <laughs> I used to work at a company where we used to... We could, we, we, we were allowed to work with our shirts off because we worked next to a bakery and it was so fucking hot. And I have the NYHC tattooed on my back oh, and the guy God. asked me, what does that mean? Uh, what do you say? Uh, well, I, I was a big X-Men reader, so I said it stands for the New York Hellfire Club. The Hellfire Club is an X-Men uh, villains. So it stands for the New York Hellfire Club. It's a little thing we used to do back in the day oh okay. did you have to go on with that no he was like really he, he actually was a little intimidated like <laughs> he was like oh so, sounds, like a, sounds like a gang yeah it's a good boy gang yeah the guy says to me um I work with a metalhead you got a metalhead at the job he just does not get hardcore he almost it makes me think about metalheads like cause I was a metalhead once of course I started off with the metal you know, mm-hmm. then you slowly trans you transformed into the hardcore. Not everybody, but a lot of people did. And I'm seeing him, who's he's like 50 years old, and he's still a metalhead, right? And he still has that metalhead mentality. That, yes, everything sucks. Metal rules. That's it. Hardcore, no talent. They can't sing. All of, the whole shit. And I'm thinking to myself, damn. I used to think like that when I was a metalhead in like the eighth grade. Yeah. And he still has that same that same mentality. Like everything sucks. He's in a state of arrested development. He hasn't developed. Absolutely not. And yo, he it's 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 funny because the metalheads also they have no they don't have a unity like like hardcore does. It's not much of a. Uh, uh, it's not much. No. We went to that Agnostic <laughs> Front uh, negative approach in Brooklyn. That was a metal show. Yes. And there wasn't. There was more of a of a, of a hardcore family presence than metal. Really. Yes. They don't yeah. really have 
uh, I hate to use the word scene. You know what I'm saying? But do they have a scene? Because I don't go to metal shows. Do they? Is there a metal they don't scene? have a scene because metal is more out there than hardcore. Hardcore small, so it's like a scene. You got scenes like little. It's like, like little groups in each city. Like you don't say the New York metal scene. Yeah, because metal's metal's huge. Yeah, like, yeah. Like there's metal in like Scandinavia. Th- yeah, there's like a there's like a a Nepalese metal band out there somewhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. There's no there's no uh, Nepalese hardcore band. Hardcore hardcore's from the the street. You know, it's like scenes. It's like, almost like gangs. Like h- hardcore's the dudes who. Not everybody, of course, but. A lot of me growing up with, with the hardcore people is the people who had it rough. Had a hard time, you know? I think that's why New York hardcore stood out as New York hardcore. Because, uh, uh, you know, you had hardcore in D.C. and hardcore in, mm-hmm. uh, in L.A., but the L.A. hardcore was more of like a like a anti, anti, um, anti-establishment, suburban, whining kind of a hardcore. Yeah, Not whining, but... Parents. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the cops are throwing them off the corner or whatever. And the New York was more of a... It was still anti-establishment, anti-government, but it more had that street edge, survival of the streets, chrome yes, eggs type of exactly. shit. Exactly. Uh, you know. People don't like that either. They don't like that about New York hardcore, but every scene is rooted differently. Like you just said, the LA scene were almost like the equivalent to the Long Island metalheads when I was growing up. We didn't, we weren't poor. We would fight with another town every now and again, or you know, we would be uh, fuck authority, yeah, yeah. But the hardcore scene in New York was rooted from violence, man. And they lived on the streets. They lived on the streets. Squad houses. And, and yeah, man. They fucking yeah. The drugs was real relevant. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean. Uh, there's a couple good interviews with uh, Harley Flanagan. Now, a lot of people don't like him, but Harley Flanagan is, uh, he is like New York hardcore in a way. Yeah. He grew up hard. Yeah. You know, he's got the scars inside and out. You know, he grew up on the streets. That's New York hardcore. People don't like that. Yeah, I don't think that, the, 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 well, the, you know, the West Coast is kind of coming around a little bit with um, with some hardcore bands. Like, I don't, I'm not, I don't, Powerhouse. Powerhouse is good. That's a good band. That's a good band. Actually, that's the only band I like, I think, from the West Coast. Yeah, I was going to say where you were going with that, because I don't know. Yeah, because now those things. Terra? What about Terra? I don't like Terra. You know, they Uh, lose me. It starts out good. It's fast. You know, I like it. His voice loses me. It's too... It's too... And the breakdowns, they they lose me. It's too... It it loses me. It always loses me. I have a Terra album on my iPad. I have one, too. You know what? I don't give it too much airplay. Tell you what's good right now. Shell Shock. I don't think I've ever heard them. Shell Shock. It's called Born to Kill. Good fucking New York hardcore CD. Talking yeah. about no frills, to the point, fucking bring it in, break it down, end it. Perfect. It's good hardcore. A lot, you know, a lot of people don't. You read in the books, too. If you read, like, uh, if you read these books about hardcore and punk rock from all these different cities, you almost get a vibe that a lot of those yeah. places don't like New York hardcore. That American Hardcore book pretty much dismissed New York. I oh, I agree. That book is I, shit. That book is crap. Do I have it? Yeah, because I was tricked. <laughs> <laughs> now you're telling me that because because they fight and where they're from, you're gonna hate them. I I, I just don't, I don't. You can't deny victim and pain. If you're gonna Dude. you're gonna write a book about American hardcore, yes. you're gonna you're gonna deny victim in pain and call it 
New York Thrash. The name of the chapter was New York Thrash. New York Thrash. Thrash. It's not Thrash music, buddy. <laughs> I mean, there was a time where it, where it turned into a crossover metal. It did. Victim in Pain is hardcore. It is. When did that come out? 83? 82, 83? Something like that? Yeah, definitely. How if that amazes me that a band like no one amazes me is like Welcome to Venom Welcome to Hell came out in like eighty two shit how was that possible that that like three years earlier it was seventy nine like how the fuck does it's Welcome funny to Hell you come say out that 82? I think about I think like that all the time like I thought about that with Slayer Slayer Show No Mercy came out in nineteen eighty two that's crazy yeah a couple years before it was like Led Zeppelin <laughs> fucking <laughs> disco it's just weird yeah disco really how did it go from like how did it jump from Black Sabbath to Venom? Like, where's that? Is there a is there a, any kind of fucking progression there? Does no. anyone does anyone know the answer to that? I know Venom had some good shit back then. Because Black Sabbath is kind of the first metal band, really. Kind of they're I mean, coming out with a new CD. People by the way. say Blue Oyster Cult is the first metal band, but Blue Oyster Cult because they use the heavy guitar distortions and ah, all that shit. Interesting. I've never heard that one before, but that's a first. That's yeah, probably shit. It's probably crap. Black Sabbath's coming out with a new CD, by the way. And I heard one of the songs. It's so hard to hear it now. But why? Now, if they would have took this song now and threw it on one of the old albums, it would have been fine. But why can't I hear it now? Like I just, it was good. Maybe it's a little too slow for you. No, to get maybe. to the point. Yeah, You know what, too? I, when you pick up hardcore, a lot of things go out the window. Like yeah. a, a lot of music goes out there when they pick up hardcore. Well, all of a sudden, hardcore means something. It's, it's like, wow, man. What he's singing about? Holy shit, man. That happened to me. Yeah, it's very relatable. That's how... Uh, yeah. Let me tell you how I got into hardcore. Okay. I talked about this last show with uh, Yvonne. Or maybe two shows ago. As I take a sip of my beer real quick. Okay, I got into metal from you because we lived in the same room. Venom. Uh, Venom, Venom, Venom. Venom, Slayer, Metallica. So whatever you listen to, I had to listen to. And I had You're a, welcome, by the way. I had a... <laughs> but whatever. I had a pretty good knowledge of the tapes you had. Cassettes. God. We never really had records. None. Tapes. Records sound good. I, my friend made me a CD of records of... Breakdown 7-inch, the Youth of Today 7-inch. How'd it sound? Fucking great. Yeah, huh? Fucking bugged out. And uh, so I went to school. I was in seventh grade, and this dude, Danny, noticed I was wearing a Venom patch, and he was a metalhead. And he was like, yo, you, you ever, uh, <coughs> excuse me, you ever hear the Circle Jerks? I was like, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I know the Circle Jerks. So, yo, you bring me a Circle Jerks cassette, I'll fucking give you something. I was like, all right. I didn't have any Circle Jerks cassettes. Right. But you did. Ha! <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Dude, I straight up robbed your Circle Jerks wonderful cassettes. You did, you fucking bastard? <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I hope you got something good in fucking return. So I went back. <laughs> I went back the next day to class. And I gave Danny your Circle Jerks yeah, wonderful look. cassette. All right. And he handed over New York Hardcore Where the Wild Things Are. Cassette. Holy fuck! I gotta say, that's <laughs> a that's a lopsided swap on his part. And I looked at the cover. I said, "What the fuck is this?" I put it on. I, I read the fucking lyrics as it played. You know, fucking outburst, outburst, oh, raw fuck. deal. 
Life's blood, breakdown, you know, fucking shit terror, maximum penalty, Norman uppercut, Bates. Norman Bates in the showerheads, and that one throwaway Gorilla Biscuit song. And after reading the lyrics for that, that's my transition. I never, not that I never, I, I don't think I ever listened, with the exception of Venom Slayer and Celtic Frost, I never, and Metallica, right. never went back to metal. I hear you. How do you, you, feel, know, how do you feel about that? I got, the, I got one for you. Now, I got it to hardcore. Oh, wait, was, before you say that, I think I uh, I think I may have heard Sick of It All before I got that cassette from you. I'll tell you what. I was always young. When I was young, I was a metalhead. It was all about metal. The hardcore that I did have in the house with us, I had Carnivore, Retaliation. I had Sick of It All, but I didn't have Blood, Sweat, No Tears. I had... Uh, the Revelation 7? Yes. Or whatever it was? Yeah, and I got that from Buddha. Buddha made that for me. So I had that. I had suicidal tendencies, circle jerks, shit like that. I got into hardcore. I went to Larry Howard. I went to, you know Larry Howard? No. Well, you don't know, you don't know Larry? What the hell? You don't know Larry? <laughs> Larry. <laughs> you don't know Larry. I went to Larry Howard's house, right? And um, he had already made the trend, like, he already made the move. Like, he had the long hair. That makes sense. Was he a Tool fan back... Like He's a Tool fan now. But back then, he was a straight metalhead. I met Larry. I remember you him. You definitely I met, did. I met him when he was wearing a Tool shirt. I remember him wearing Probably. a Tool shirt. Because yeah. it, it was a penis on his shirt. Yeah, he, he's a big Tool guy now. But back then, he was a straight metalhead, right? He did the he did the crossover first. Fucking shaved his head. Started picking up hardcore. Anyway... I was with my girl Kim. I was with this girl Kim at the time. We walked over to his house and uh, we walk in there and he's playing hardcore. He's playing Where the Wild Things Are, right? So I'm looking at the, he had the album, right? That's nice. Sick, yeah, it was great. And I'm opening it up and I'm looking at Kim. I'm like, Norman Bates in the showerheads. How fucking stupid is that? And I was fucking with Larry saying how hardcore sucks, right? No, you don't know. He's telling me, right? So, um, I'm, I'm looking at it, life's blood, this and that, this and that. And, uh, somehow I can't remember. I, either he made me a tape or I went and picked it up or whatever it was. And the first, the first songs I really, that really grabbed me were the two Norman Bates songs. Desperate, oh, really? Desperate and Hell Minded. Cause I got into them after, after listening to it for a while. Oh, really? Yeah. Fucking, uh, the, the outburst and the life's blood is what grabbed me at first. Well, I tell you what. Oh, and you know what? The breakdown. Everything. everything that, that whole, whole album is album so fucking good. But those two songs grabbed me. And little by little, every song I started picking it up. And then I started seeing the lyrics. So I started making a little bit of... I started leaning towards hardcore a little bit. Then I went to the CD store one day in Brooklyn called Record Factory. It used to be on 86th Street. It used to be Record Factory. I went in there one day and I was like, you know, let me buy some CDs. I went in there to buy like some fucking metal shit. Because I was still holding on to metal, but I was leaning towards hardcore. I go in there and I'm looking. And what do I see in there? I see um, Norman Bates and the Showerheads, the fucking first album they came out with on cassette, right? Then I'm looking around. I'm like, I got to have that. So I told the guy I picked it up. Then I'm looking around and I see Bold speak out. I was like, oh man, I, and I had heard, not even that I heard them, I remember, I think it was Rob Hockerberger from the neighborhood, used to write Bold, or Larry, one of them, I was like, you know what, let me get that too, right, 
So I went home and Norman Bates instantly grabbed me. I was hooked on fucking Norman Bates. They got that that bouncy fucking. Oh, dude, yeah. it's so good. And I just I just made copies for fucking everybody, and everybody loved it. But I opened up that bold CD and I uh, I'm sorry cassette. I put that cassette that bold cassette in there. I was done. Metal was gone forever. That was it. It was the bold. That one. was it. That fucking bold speak out. Yeah. I can listen to that from beginning to end. Over and over and over and over and never get sick of it. If you read those lyrics, how the fuck did those guys, and they must have been kids. They were kids. I mean, they had a band before them. Yeah, I can't remember the name. It was though. Crippled Youth. There you go. But <laughs> if you read the lyrics from Bold, how did they have so much, and this is, I think this is in the test of New York hardcore. How did they have so much wisdom at such a young age? Because they've been through a lot. I think. I don't know where they're from. They could be from Connecticut. I just well, I that. think a couple of them are. Oh, is that right? I'm, I'm almost positive. At least one... I think the singer's from Connecticut. But the rest but of them, I think, are from here. But I'm not sure. They're under the New York Hardcore banner. Yes. And you know what? They could be from fucking Iowa. Yes. Those kids, as young as they were, had a lot of fucking wisdom to write those songs. Unbelievable. And that's what grabbed me. It grabbed me was the fucking lyrics that they wrote on that. I mean, some people might look at them and be like, ah, it's typical hardcore shit. But eh, maybe, but... Tell you what, those lyrics are so fucking good. Always try. Yeah. Search. Holy fuck, search. Oh, man. Still strong. So good. Mm. That was the fucking beginning of the end of metal. All of a sudden, I tell you what, with the exception of Slayer and like Celtic Force, The Emperor's Return, and Old Morbid Tales. Yeah. Everything was fucking, it was done. Everything was silly to me now. Metal was silly. Guitar solos. Where are... Oh, I know. Silly. I got, I got no time for... Silly. With the exception of, of Slayer, exactly. which uh, Jeff Hanneman just passed away uh, last week. Peace. With the exception of Slayer, I got no time for guitar solos. I have none. No shot. I can hear everything in this fucking Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... All right, so... Uh, pretty much in a nutshell, fuck metal. How do you yeah, feel... Yeah, I, I agree. How do you, how do you feel... <laughs> How do, you feel yeah, about, fuck em. how do you feel about punk rock, really? Were you ever into punk rock? Because I was into, like... I, 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 I got into Bad Religion by punk. accident. Bad Religion was the first punk band I really got into. I used to play handball down, down in West Babylon. Against the wall, against the deli. And this guy was wearing a, a, a violence patch. Eternal Nightmare. Oh, good right? shit, by the way. Great so I, album. So I came up with him. I was like, yo, violence, that's a, that's a great album. And it for still some, holds up. Oh, it's, oh, it's one of my Stole favorites. That's me one too. of my favorites. And for some reason, this is what he said to me. This is how I got into Bad Religion and, and into punk. This guy, long hair, like typical metalhead, tall, skinny, long hair, fucking violence <laughs> typical jacket. Typical metalhead. Typical metalhead. He was like, yo, you like violence? Check out Bad Religion. That's a strange... Uh, what? Where the fuck did that come from? What? Check out... Like they're the same? <laughs> yeah, like what? If you like that, you'll like this? It's, it's a different world. So I went wow. back. I, I bought. I picked up Bear Religion, No Control, and I liked it. And I picked up a couple of albums, and I liked it. And uh, that, by the way, that's that wonderful album is bad. What wonderful? So Circle, oh, it's so bad. It's terrible. That's uh, awful. No, it's terrible. But I went and got Group Sex, which is good. Which is good. I got uh, Black Flag the first four years, which, which is, is good. Yes. And I never really. You're doing a snorting thing too. No, I just no. did it. We just both snorted at the same time. No, I just did a bag. But <laughs> fucking, that's uh, got a drip. That's the uh, they think that 
that, that's the extent of GBH. GBH. The, holy shit, GBH. Fucking city baby attacked by rats. Second one, not so much. No, not at all. <laughs> it's like two different bands. I have it. It stinks. It stinks. It fucking stinks. I can smell it right now. But one of the main reasons I wanted to get you on my podcast was I want to do a whole separate hardcore show with Eric. We'll, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll get Ian. We'll schedule that in the future. But one of the things is uh, growing up in Brooklyn. I want to talk about that. I don't want to go through our whole history of our family. Right. But this is going to be about you. Okay. But if it's going to be about you, we got to throw some of me in. Okay. So we were born in Brooklyn, Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Dyke right? Heights, Bensonhurst. Okay. So we left when I, I was about four, three. I don't, I don't remember. Uh, you... Uh, five, right. maybe five. I le- we left when we were kids. We left when I was in the third grade. So you were in kindergarten. Kindergarten. But there's a picture of me in kindergarten in At Brooklyn. PS204 in Brooklyn. So yes. it's the same year we left. Yes. Yes. I had to make a long story short. Went down to Texas, lived there a little bit. Came, came up to Queens, lived Sucked. there a little bit. Moved out to Long Island, eh, lived there. So-so. And then something happened, whatever happened. Drugs. <laughs> you went, came back to Brooklyn yes. to live with our father. Yep. And that's at, how that a, went. at what age? Uh, how old are you when you are uh, for a sophomore in high school? Because I did I my know. junior, I did my junior and senior years in the Utrecht, and I did freshman, sophomore in West Babylon. Well, let's let's put it th- uh, uh, in fifth grade. You're ten. Well, that's well. Right? When we got to Lo- West Babylon, I did fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth. Tenth, eleventh, twelfth. So I was in Long Island for six years. Yes. So. So you left at sixteen. That sounds about I, right. I use the word "left" loosely. Yeah. You were kicked out. Somewhat thrown. <laughs> you got the boot. Nah, so you go back to Brooklyn where right. we, we would always visit. Yeah. So it wasn't like we were totally removed from that. From Did you get that, that homey feeling when you came back, though? You always had that home feeling. Brooklyn is home. Always. Always will be. Everything about Brooklyn is home. Yep. Go by the house now, not so much. Nah. Totally and then it did different. a good job with the house. Yeah, it looks but, beautiful, but I'd rather tear it down and put the old shit back up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. Even with the old door and that That's and right. The old I just mailbox. want to hear that sound one more time. The fucking mailman comes, you, you can hear me in the kitchen. You can hear him in the kitchen. <laughs> it's funny too. Eugene. Eugene the mailman. That's his name. Eugene. Wow. <laughs> Do you remember uh, Angie? Yeah, I remember Angie. I used to think... I used to... She was a... She, Angie was a... Uh, stop, stop me if I'm wrong. She was like the mayor type. Walk yes. around up and down the block. Yep. She would have hard candies in her pockets for yes. the kids. Lemon drops and butterscotch. Yeah. Butterscotch. <laughs> I remember. I, that's how I got hooked on butterscotch. From that fucking... She reminded me of a combination of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Vincent Price. <laughs> she looked like... Holy fuck, dude. That's perfectly said. <laughs> that's what she always reminded me of. Vincent because Price. she always had that long... Jacket on. Was it brown? Yes, it was brown, <laughs> and she had that off brown hood thing, like that. Like, what do you call those things? The old people. Sh- a shawl. <laughs> she was a Jedi. God she wore. She Angie wore the, was a Jedi. She wore the Jedi garb. God damn it! Angie, right, so Brooklyn. Bro- Brooklyn was always home, but always. 
I was talking to my friend Ivan, mm-hmm. who lived in. Uh, he went to Lafayette. Actually, he was in Brooklyn for a while. Actually, that's gone now. It's gone. Lafayette's but, gone. I, if I'm not mistaken, Lafayette High School is no more. He was there from like four to eighteen, and he. I didn't. We didn't really get deep into it, but he was telling me how great it was to grow up there. Yes. No, I, I, I had a, I grew up all right. I had a good upbringing. We had a lot of right. fun, me and my friends. But there was always something missing, and whatever it was, I got when I came to visit Brooklyn. But not in the way that you had it. Like when I would come to visit Brooklyn, I, my friends I made when I was a kid, you know, like John, John. I don't really use last names too much. John down the block, mm-hmm. Carlo next door, mm-hmm. or two right. houses down, or whatever. Right. I didn't really keep in touch with them. No. Well, you so were young I, though. So what I would do, well, I could have, if I wasn't like a shy kid, I could have easily walked over there and knocked on the door. I'll easily. tell you what, they would have let you right in. Those people are stuck. Yeah, Let, they would have let you right in. Last time I saw Johnny, we played Mike Tyson's punch out in his basement. No shit. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, so what I would do is when I would go to Brooklyn, I would just walk around the neighborhood and listen to, uh, you know, a Tribe Called Quest or, or whatever it was at the time. And I would get that feeling, the music in the streets and walking around and I would do like a big circle. It was great. But for you, you kind of grew up there from 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 birth to whenever to... So tell me about it. Well, I always, we always... I'll tell you what. Growing up on the block, before we left, right, I already had Gary, Cosmo, they were, they, you know, I since I'm born, they've been, Gary's been around. Can I tell you something about Cosmo? I, you know how the Angie thing, she always reminded me of Vincent Price. Like, yeah. Cosmo's older brother reminded me of the Elmer's glue guy. You know that little Elmer's glue guy? Because <laughs> he had such a big fucking head. Yeah, he had a big fucking head, a lot of hair, and like a half inch forehead because he had so much hair. There was about a half inch of forehead between his fucking brows and his fucking hairline, bro. <laughs> He you know so, he was he was a fucking such a hairy sweaty giddy. So I fucked up. So when I'm from Bay Ridge, that's not over. no. You know it's it's like the border of of uh, it's like Bensonhurst Dyker Heights. It's more Dyker Heights. I thought uh, okay. Yeah, Bay Ridge is starting to go up. You know, like Tenth Avenue, Ninth Avenue, Eighth Avenue. We we're on Fourteenth, which is Dyker Heights, ben, going towards Bensonhurst. All right, go ahead about Bath Beach area. Alright, so, you know, Cosmo... But yeah, I had them. So every time I went back to Brooklyn, I always had somebody to hang out with. Like, they were right there. I'd and knock were, on the door. You were a little older, so it was... Yeah, I was a little bit older, so it wasn't a big deal. I'd go to the house. And they were living there full-time. So they had a crew of people they used to hang out with. So basically, as we got older, they started, um, you know, they started hanging with a lot of people. I would go with them. They would bring me to 13th Avenue, and I they introduced me to the 13th Avenue boys. Because um, you know when I when I went when I went back to Brooklyn, man, I was a metalhead. None of those dudes are metalheads. None. It, it, it must have been. T- it was. How could you be a metalhead in that neighborhood? Really? No, you can't. Well, you get beat up. Or because yeah, uh, let's face it, Italians ain't the most understanding people. Like you know what I mean. But um, yeah, so I got introduced to the Thirteenth Avenue boys, and in my opinion, one of the best things that's ever happened to me because I still. To this day, I have five to seven to eight solid friends from that avenue, in between 13th Avenue and 14th Avenue, that to this day I could call up and would come and help me in a second. They would 
hit somebody with a bat and then ask me why I wanted them to do that after. Right, but yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Those kind of type of people. Remember, you were saying earlier before about the something that in West, like growing up in Long Island, you said that you didn't have, there was something missing. I think I know what it is. When I was living in West Babylon, hanging out with everybody over there, who I'm still friends with, by the way, today, most of them, but what we, West Babylon was always like, you were hanging out, this fucking place sucks. This fucking place sucks. Everything sucked. West Babylon sucks. What are we doing? It was almost like everybody wanted to get out of there. They wanted to go do something else. When I went to Brooklyn, what they had over there, they don't have that. They have, stay the fuck out of here, this is ours. Like, that's their fucking neighborhood. And th- those those guineas over there protect their neighborhood, man. They, like, there's, like, pride there, and I didn't find that in West Babylon. You know? I, I tell you what, though, on, on the opposite side of that, you're right about the... Uh, there was nothing to do. Let's get out of here. Let's go find something else to do. At the same time, when another town did come in, there was problems. Yes, I agree. Like, there wasn't that kind of, this is ours, get the fuck out. Who's that? Who's this guy? Who's that? Mm-hmm. But when there was another presence that came into West Babylon, like Lindenhurst. Yes. <laughs> which is the classic battle. Yes. There was that pride, but I feel like... You're right about that. I got to agree with that. But if, if I had a problem, I could call my friends. It would just take them 20 minutes to get there. Yeah. I tell you what. You know what? You're right about that. Because we... A couple different, a couple different occasions, we beat the shit out of Linden House. But one day, we really put a hurt on them. I don't know what was on their mind that day, but they came in... I can't remember what what um what street it was, but they were walking down that street like they were hard rock. And there was like 15 or 20 of us on the corner drinking, smoking, and I don't know, they walked into a fucking grinder, dude. Nah, you, you can't. You can't. It's, it's probably a main street, too. Well, what avenue or something. I can't. Uh, I can't remember, but they. One on nine for all your locals. Yeah. For all your local Long Islanders yeah. out there. Auto trend for all you old school <laughs> fucking auto trail uh, U-Haul Tombstone place. All right, so back uh, back to back to Brooklyn. That was a hard transition, man. Transition from what Long Island to Brooklyn? Fuck from what? When I was in Long Island, we were, we were, there were fights. You know, metalheads fight the Guidos. Guidos fight the Blacks. Metalheads fight the blacks. West Battle fight Lindenhurst. This and that. No big deal. People get hurt. People get beat up or whatever. And, uh, you know, things are a little bit slower than they are in Brooklyn. When I went back to Brooklyn, I was thrown into a whole new world. All of a sudden, people were getting killed. Like, shot. Stabbed. Beat up. Missing. Like, there were things going on that I I could not comprehend, man. And I'll tell you what. Within the first... Within the first year, I totally changed my whole life changed because in Long Island you don't really have to watch I, I tell you what if you want to find trouble in Long Island you'll get it I'm not saying it, it, it by no means am I disrespecting West Babylon because it, it was a there was some fucking screwballs in there but when I moved back to the neighborhood it was it was tough I mean my first day in the Utrecht High School I went into the bathroom to smoke a cigarette and this is a true story I walk in the bathroom to smoke cigarette. First day, didn't know anybody, right? I walk into the bathroom and there's fucking three skinheads beating the shit out of a metalhead. 
beating the shit out of him, man. Fucking nobody fucking was helping. Everybody stood away, stood back. And fucking... So when you when you walked in there, like, and you saw that, did you just walk out or you just acted like you didn't see, washed your hands? I... Fortunately for me, I started learning the street a little bit before, like, you know, before I, went, I started school. So I knew that you just mind your business and do your thing. So I simply went in there. I took a piss while they were pounding them out. I smoked the butt. They were beating them up, and I fucking walked out. That seems like the... I think that's that's your move right there. Yeah, because... Cause if you go in there, you can't say nothing to them. No. then you're going to get a beating. You can't just run out, because that would be a fucking... A yeah. Acknowledgement of the beating right. and a bitch move. Maybe I'm next. <laughs> yeah, so that's not only acknowledgement that that happened... So you go in and you just do your business. I'll tell you what. One time, like I said, I went to New York. I was a metalhead. The hair, the patches, the fucking, the whole shit. Right? That was the one time I went in there and it was the fucking, the skinheads were beating that kid up. I went in there. I went out. I did my thing and I left. Right? Another time I go in the bathroom. I go and smoke a cigarette because in fucking New York, there's people smoking in the hallways. It was fucking nuts. It was weird. I remember even people drinking beers and, and it, was, it was a fucking whirlwind of difference. Let me tell you. Not people, kids. Kids, yeah, yeah, right. It's, it was crazy. I go in the bathroom this time, right, and there's a bunch of fuck. Okay, West Babylon had West Babylon first, Lindenhurst. West Babylon first, North Babylon. Well, in Brooklyn, it was Avenues. 13th Avenue versus 14th Avenue. 18th Avenue hated Bay Parkway. And that's how that went. Every fucking avenue and street, they had their own little click. So I walk in the bathroom, the one that we usually go in, you know, like my people. And I walk in there and there was a bunch of guys in there, well, kids from 18th Avenue. And that they fucking started a problem with me. No, 18th Avenue, didn't Daddy hang out on 18th Avenue? Wasn't that like his spot? Uh, I think Daddy was also a 30th Avenue boy, but I'm not I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure. Actually I'm gonna have to ask him that next time I see him. I think he was 18th Avenue because he has that, that, that fucking drawing that his friend made. It said 18th Avenue. 18th Avenue. And it was a car- caricature right. of all the... And he, they made him the clown. I guess he was the funny guy. He was the fucking jokester. He was the jokester. <laughs> I walk in the bathroom, right? And the fucking... They were in there. It was 18th Avenue, Bay Park. And one of them fucking cruising. And um, they started some shit with me. Yo, what's with the hair and the fucking zippers? Because the zippers... I had my biker leather... Right? With my fucking cut denim vest over it. Fuck it. So they were starting to abuse me. All of a sudden, this kid fucking comes out of the stall and he sees what's going on. He sees these fucking Guido types fucking with me. He goes, yo, yo, yo. Don't fuck with this kid. How many How many, uh, How many? many of them? There was like five or six of them. And they, everybody, you know, smoking, whatever. So, they, you know, I'm thinking to myself... I'm not going to be... I don't know what to do. I'm just going to stand my ground and fucking see what happens. Because I already had, you know, 13th Avenue with my boys, you know. So the fucking kid comes out of the store and he sees his boys fucking with me. He goes, no, leave him alone. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? I'm thinking to myself, who the fuck is this guy? He's like, yo, this kid here hangs out with 13th Avenue. He goes, those fucking guys are nuts. He goes, don't fuck with this kid. And the guy was like, is that, is that, you know, is that true? You from 30 Damn? I was like, 
Even if it wasn't true at that point, you're like, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, fucking hey, look at this shit. So I pop my fucking chest out. I'm like, yeah, I'm from Dirty Dave. Right? <laughs> hey, I was from Dirty I was a Dirty Dave, you boy. But I pop my fucking chest out now. I'm like, yeah, I'm from Dirty Dave. And, you, and uh, they're like, oh, you know, you know this guy and this guy. I'm like, yeah, those are my friends, you know? And they're like, oh, well, sorry, man. They shook my fucking hand and left me alone. And because rockers in that school, like metalheads, they got beat up in there. Like Puerto Ricans, blacks, everybody got beat up. They were the, the, the metalheads were the minority. Oh yeah, the man. Rock- yeah, everybody got beat the up. Rockers. Yeah, everybody got beat up unless you were Italian. I was the only fucking metalhead down with Dirty Dead that nobody fucking touched. I'm gonna ask you the same. I'm gonna ask you the same question I asked Yvonne last week, because you know he was from Bentonhurst. Mm-hmm. How did you not? Become a greeter, or did you? I tell you what, guidos, or my favorite word, cuisine. Oh, cuisines. Okay, when I, when I first got back there, I hung, hung out Gary Cosmo. They introduced me to Dirty Damn, you guys. Then we went from Dirty Damn to Fourteen Damn, and that's when I met Eric and all of them, and that's when we all became one big crew. The two areas became one. Now, tell you what, there was not one guido. In that whole crew. How is that possible? Because what they were, Guido's now, tell me what a Guido is now. Mike, the situation, like what's a Guido now? I think uh, uh, a... Well, Guido then, whatever. A Guido now, I think is, is, you know what, I don't, I don't even know the answer to that. Guido's now are like fucking Pauly and Vinny and Mikey situation where yeah, they got morons like, they're, they're like hip hop guys too right now those are Guidos now how can you put that I tell you what the kids in Brooklyn they were Italian they dressed in the suits you know but they were street kids they were street kids These the Guidos in Long Island were Guidos because they were rich they were rich they had the nice cars nice clothes the kids in Brooklyn were all street kids and if they people like that like everybody's got this stereotype hey yo Brooklyn my friends would beat people like that up like Guidos would get beat up by my friends in Brooklyn they, they weren't they were street kids alright so what it was the Guidos from Brooklyn they weren't Guidos they were just who they were and then that title came along later there are and Guidos. that and that that, that that title formed an identity and the Guidos now they're not who they are. They're no. that that identity or that that connection to that word, but they're not who they are. No, not at all. Like maybe, you know, of course, well, they're Italian. They wear fucking. There are guidos out there. They wear the uniform. <laughs> That's for sure. But the difference is, the guys that you're talking about, they weren't okay. Let's be guidos and put on the outfit. They just right. were who they were, yes. and they just turned out to be the guido or the cuisine. The guys now. Guido's already an established thing, so mm-hmm. it's something to do. It's almost like it's like there's a hardcore band called Good Clean Fun where they have an album right. called Shopping for a Crew. Yes, it's just like that. Mm-hmm. It's that's where they fit in, but it's not really. It may be who they are, but it's not who they are. Like the fucking Guidos you're talking about, they made the term. Yeah, right, right. They're, like you're, you're, the guys you're talking about, they made that name, but now these guys, the name made them. Brooklyn, the word Guido. You never hear that word, Guido. Now, you hear the word cuisine, right? But the people that I hung out with, they would abuse cuisines. 
Hey, Joey Cadillac. Hey, Vinny Boombats. Those words never came out of any of my friends' mouth. My friends were all street Italian. They were Italians from the street, and they were real. They were they were all, not like these fucking these kids now are such fucking punks. Everyone I hung out with was fucking skinny. Everyone was skinny because we were always out running around the fucking streets. Every one of them was tough. Every single one was tough. They all knew how to fight. They were street kids. There was no fucking cousine or Guido to be found. And to me, I was shocked by that. I thought I was walking into a world of Guidos. Not at all. Best friends I'll ever have. Yeah, I think that's interesting because it's like it's almost like what I said. It's like <clears throat> that's interesting. Yeah, it's because it's like the Guido the Cougine thing. That now you say that Cougine and Guido those words weren't really weren't really spoken. Cougine, but. not Cougine. You heard. Well, Guido is is Guido a Long Island thing? Because I Guido I is yes a Long Island thing. Cougine was a Brooklyn thing. I remember Cougine from yeah. when we were young. Hey, Cougine, those guys would get beat up by us. Now was that word did was that word a disparaging thing? Cougine? Or was it just what it was? Hey, Cougine. It was like uh some people took it with pride. Hey, I'm a Cougine. And then they got a fucking sound thrashing. Yeah, and you got a, like a two, <laughs> you got a fucking two fisted beating from one of my friends. Like we were in a bar one time and there was a couple guys in there playing the whole row, Mike. The fucking whole row they were playing. The fucking muscles and the tight shirts and the fucking hair smoking a cigar, right? And we had like a problem with them. I'm not going to fucking say they started. We started. We didn't like them. We didn't like the way it looked. So we fucking started a fire with them. But the guy was like, the guy, I'll never forget this. He was like, what, what are you doing? He goes, uh, we're all Italian. You know, why can't we be fucking cool? We're all Italians. And my friend Jim, I don't know if you know him. You might. Little, I, I remember Jim. I, yeah. I, I remember him. Little up, Jim. I remember him pretty good because you told me a, something that he would do that I do now. That I mean, Not now, now, but uh, I, I, can't, I can't even explain it. I have to talk to you later about it. All right. We can get on that. He, uh. He tells the guy, Italian, he goes, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Fuck, I'll take that cigar and I'll jam it in your eyeball. <laughs> I think that would be, that would be, that would be bad. I think. Fuck, it was classy. These kids just backed right up and like drained all their tough Guido shit right out of them. Like, All right, so let, let's talk about being a kid in Brooklyn. Like growing up, I mean, I, I can't uh, really speak on it. There's, it's for me, that neighborhood is alive. Yeah. Like I would love... I used to when I used to go there to visit. I used to go there for for weekend, weeks actually, like summers actually. Sometimes, I used to love the sound of alarm going off mm. or someone. Be- I don't. know, It sounds stupid because that's something that would no, annoy. It's I not guess stupid at all. someone pulling in front of. It's annoying when the <laughs> people across the street would beep. Mm. Yo, wait! But it, it, that sounds of home. I think that's, the, that's the soundtrack of home. It is, man. The the sound of that door opening, man. The sound of the ice cream man coming down the block. The sound of the old Italian lady calling her son because she doesn't speak English. And all you heard was... <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, so, so like, what is it about that neighborhood that is is so great to grow up in? I mean, you got the fight, the, 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 the camaraderie, the neighborhood. That's it. And That's and, it. Right what there. about, like... I, I guess because I'm coming from an outside source, the little things for me... 
that are important may be nothing to you, like that giant red f- emergency fire department pole. <laughs> like, that is so homely to me. Yeah, man, it's the whole aura it brings. It, it just... It, it just keeps... It, it, it was simple and real. Everything was simple and real, man. What about going to, like, a park? Like Dyker Park, for instance. Dyker Park. Oh. The sound of the basketballs and the right, the right, fucking right. the bats, the softball yes, bats, yes. the fucking handball hitting the fucking wall, uh, kids fucking screaming. I, did, it's, it's it's so hard to explain. It's, it's, like, it's like kinetic energy. It never stops. No, it's what what's better than hearing like you're at the park, you're with you, you, you whoever you're with, whoever you're with you, you love, friends, family, whatever, but off in the distance in the park. You hear the kids playing. You hear the fucking the fountain hitting the ground. Mm. You hear the basketball, like you said, the basketball. That, that's that's a fucking. That's the soundtrack to a life. It is, man. And that's why I feel like that's why I wanted to ask you about Brooklyn because I feel like I missed out on that. In, in the parks, in Long Island, the sound of the basketball was your basketball. Gotcha. And that was it. Yeah. The sound of the hand... Well, there were some parks that were pretty active, but the right. sounds of the handball hitting the wall was your handball, and that right. was it. Yeah. The sounds of kids playing in the schoolyard... Yeah. You can't hear it, because mm-hmm. it's too far away. I love the sound of kids playing in... And in, in when, I, when, when I used to go by over there, um, I went by there a couple times, and, you know, PS204, mm-hmm. was it? 204. That... Just looking at that yard, that schoolyard, is, is, is like a fucking throwback. It really is. And I think the reason this I don't know this might sound weird, but I love hearing kids playing in the in the in the distance. Yeah, it makes me feel like I'm home. Or for some, and even when I'm anywhere, I even if I'm in fucking you know I, I'm I'm a I'm a truck driver, the truck driver for a living, so I could be in fucking West Islip, and if I hear kids playing in the distance, it reminds me. I get like a homely feeling. I think that's because Brooklyn was so tight knit, and you yeah. just you heard that even when you were home. Yeah, man, it's, it's you know what it is. It's life. It's full of life and energy, and and it's alive. Yeah, it's alive, and and then I mean, it's alive, and that's you. Well, not you, but somebody on the outside looking in, and they see life. But you, when you're actually in there, so much more. It's life. It, it, it's. The unity, it, it, the camaraderie, the, the, the neighborhood, like when Yusef Hawkins got shot and they marched through Bensonhurst, that fucking neighborhood, they stuck together like nothing I've ever seen before in my entire life. Gotta say, a butter knife was the bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right about that. But hey, man, I gotta give him fucking. You gotta give hey, him a somebody, thumbs up for fucking giving it a shot. It's somebody did, that so, somebody oh. did something. Oh, shit. Did he even break the skin with that fucking thing? Uh, no, well, that's a fat dude too. That's a lot of tit to go through, especially if you got him on like that nipple. It's like a, like that black leather. It's like a fucking doorbell. <laughs> it's like a pepperoni. <laughs> It's like a piece of fucking uh, Deluso salami, bro. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that fucking neighborhood, man. You know, let me tell you something. What happened with Yusef Hawkins and Joey Farmer was terrible. It's a fucking bad thing. You had a tiny kid and a black kid. They had a fight. The black kid ended up getting killed. All right, fine. The media gets a hold of it. They fucking blow it up. Like they, like they still do. Like they still do. They're, yeah. But now it's worse. But actually, you know what? It's not worse. It's the same bullshit. But the media gets it. 
I think it is worse because now, right. now you have Twitter and Facebook right. and right. all that shit spreads instantly. Right. Let's not even get into the Trayvon shit. Oh, forget it. Don't, oh, don't stop. I'm not fucking putting my hood up for nobody. I talk, nothing I, against Trayvon, huh? Let's talk about what you're talking about. But uh, so the fucking farmer, you said they got a problem, whatever. The fucking Yusef threatens farmer. Farmer threatens Yusef. Yusef comes back. It just so happens that farmer was going to follow through with the threat. And so when Yusef Hawkins died, all of a sudden, hundreds and hundreds of blacks are marching down the avenue. Now, I don't know about you, but that's my fucking avenue. And, th- and this is actually how I felt when I was there. I felt like, right or wrong, whether these people are right or wrong, the skin color didn't mean shit. All that neighborhood knew is that these fucking people are marching down the streets where you feel alive. And I think they know that. And I think if you asked them that, they wouldn't say that. No, we're just marching for, for our, you know, where they're no. falling. But they know, because yes. they're from neighborhoods too. That's right. So they know how, how that's making you feel. Exactly. And that's why they did it. Now, me and my friends, you know, we yelled and we chanted and this and that. But the old school times went up their fucking buildings. They went on the roofs. And they were throwing tomatoes, <laughs> apples. That's great. Bananas. Things were being thrown. I mean, listen, I'm not making this shit up. This is what went down. If you throw a banana, does it come back? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you're talking about home, right? People are marching in, in my fucking home. People took that shit personally. They weren't going to let them just fucking do that. And that's how it went. They, but that neighborhood, man, you could fucking spit on each other. But if somebody spits on, yeah, it, yeah. it's a fucking problem. Yeah, that's that 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 it's that you know that community, that, that tight knit community. It's it's a family feeling. I mean, it's yeah. not. I wouldn't say it is a family. No, only because you know no. the guy next door to you can backstab at any minute. Yeah, but at the same time, mm-hmm. if someone comes inside from outside, he he has your back. Yeah, am I right with that? Yes. And there's a lot. There was a lot of street justice. In that neighborhood. Benson was all street justice. All street justice. You fucking call the cops and people find out you're in trouble. You never call the fucking cops. Those days are gone, I think. Those days are I don't know how it is there. No, I don't know how it is there now because I'm not there for a while. But those days... In general. In general, they're gone, man. Just in general because you know why? Because the guy who's calling the cops... Knows that they're going to record his 911 call... And Mm -hmm. knows it's going to be released on YouTube and he wants to be a star. I tell you what, you're right... Everyone calls the fucking cops. I've had people call code on me, man, because they don't like the way my gutters are. It's fucking retarded. You fucking kidding me? And I'm thinking to myself, and sometimes I catch, I still think old school. I'm like, let me fucking find out who the fuck, fuck, I'm going to bang on that door, I'm going to pull them out of their fucking house. You're in Jersey now. I'm in Jersey now. You know what's going to happen to me when I pull them out of the house? I'm going to go to fucking jail. It's a... In Brooklyn, back in the day, you, first of all, that nobody would have fucking called anybody on anyone. Because why would you have a problem with that, first of all? Yeah, it's because people don't fucking mind their business over here. You know why? Because their whole lives, they've never had a consequence for putting their nose in somebody else's business. Right. In Brooklyn, growing up, you put your fucking nose in someone's business, you got to cut off. That's why when you think about calling the cat or, or the, the whoever comes to fuck with the... Who would you call for your gutters? 
the borough, the borough office. That's what they do. They call the borough. That's what they call here. They call borough. Now they know not to do that because something's <laughs> gonna happen. I mean, I can't. I've been ranting a lot about Jersey people lately. They are fucked up. They, not everybody. I know some real guys from out here. Some of them are real deal, just like anywhere else. But the general population, fucking scumbags. Smile on your face behind the back. They talk trash. They fucking call code and then they smile on your face. I've never seen it before in my entire life. And I summed it up to the fact that they grew up with no consequences. I grew up with consequences. Like, you do the wrong that thing shit, and you that, get hurt. That shit's going away. It, it, it's, I know it's, it is. it's really bad. It's, it's, it's really bad that that's going away only because... Uh, not one calls and cameras mm-hmm. and the internet right. and the world is getting smaller and everyone wants to be a star. All those things contribute to a, to a fucking uh, an entitled country, really. Yeah, a bunch of fucking pussies to sum it up. <laughs> a bunch of fucking pussies. Yeah, man, it's fucked up. How do you... How does that... Like, over in Russia... Oh. Or in the Middle East, one of those little fucking Kazakhstan, fucking mm-hmm. one of those stands. Deca, deca, deca. It's fucking mandatory that kids learn MMA in school. Dude, that country's gonna fucking just like what do we do? I tell you what, I have B- bullying. No, <laughs> I don't have any fucking arguments with that. Really. Dude, you bring in a fucking uh, 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 a water gun, you're suspended. Dude, we don't even play fucking dodgeball in school anymore. There was a, nobody can lose. There was a school somewhere, I don't remember where it was, that they fucking banned dodgeball. I heard about that. That's why I'm bringing it up. But it was one school, they take it out of schools. I've heard it's been taken out of schools. It's possible. It's bad. It's fucking bad. We can't, we can't fucking uh, uh, emasculate our youth, man. It's done. Yo, boys have to be boys. It's done. It's over. There's, fuck- no, there's no coming back? How? How can you come back when you got this fucking country? Uh, let me tell you, 9-11, 9-11 happens. I was fucking enraged, all right? A lot of people were enraged, a lot of normal people. Then you got a guy like Richard Gere. He speaks in front of the fire department. He tells the New York City fire department that just lost fucking 300 people, 400 people, right? He tells them it's not right to retaliate. How? What happened to good old-fashioned American fucking rage? What happened to good old-fashioned fucking push me, punch you? Like, it's gone. So, what do you do? It's not right to retaliate, so they do it again? You bend over it and goes, take it. It goes back to the consequences. You can't just come over here and fucking do that without no consequences. Can we see the circle? See how the circle comes? Yeah. That's it. Just fucking with... Well, listen. This was this was the, the, the Brooklyn show. We're getting off on some kind of political shit. Yeah. Here. This was the fucking. This is the Brooklyn show. About growing up in Brooklyn, how I did I miss out? Did I miss out? I I say that I had a I had a good childhood, good growing up as you know as a teenager growing up in Long Island. We had a lot of fun. Yes. You know we did a lot of we didn't really do dirt really. We did a little, little this this and that. You know mostly drug type shit, but. Did I miss out? Like, what did I miss? What is that feeling that I'm missing? Is it the camaraderie, the family, the community? Is it just the atmosphere? Is it the, 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 that the neighborhood's alive? What is it? Everything you just said. Now, I've had the, I've been lucky 
because I had fun on Long Island too. And you know, keg parties. Don't fall on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, keg parties. How about fucking parties in the woods? Parties on the fucking train tracks. Uh, fucking lighting fires and having a barbecue. Yeah, I, I was lucky that I had both. And I tell you what, I wouldn't. The Brooklyn outweighed it for sure, but I would not trade them West Babylon times for anything either. I mean, let me tell you a quick story about a Long Island party. This, of course, was me and Jay. You know Jay, our friend Ray. You never met. Funny bastard, Jay. Right? So we're at this party. It's me, Jay, Ray. Ray had a pickup, two seater. <laughs> He never wanted to drive us anywhere. He was a cheap fuck. He never wanted to drive. I got no gas. I can only fit two people in the truck. So we were at a party. It was us three. We, it was a stick shift. We all three of us fit in the front. I think, I don't know, the stick was between my legs. I was on the corner. Jay was in the middle because he was little back then. We were at a fucking keg party in Long Island. Uh, a fight breaks out. Two guys fight. Fight always breaks. Always, bro. always, always, every cat, always a fight. Every house party, there's always a fight. Beat up too a couple times. So this is what happens: two guys get into a fight. It, it ends up spilling out into the front yard. The whole party follows them. Now, for some reason, me and my friends, and especially me and Jay, we were different than everybody. We never mingled and party. Uh, we party, but we never mingled and talked, and we always huddled around the keg and just had our. We, it was like we brought the, our own thing to them. So the whole party filtered out their front lawn. We stayed in the back. We didn't give a fuck. We see fights all the time. They're just fighting. Right, right. So I was like, yo, let's take the keg. <laughs> take the fucking keg. So, dude, everybody's in the front yard watching this fight. Yo, Ray. Ray jumps over the fence, six-foot fence in Long Island. That big six-foot oh, yeah. pointy fences. Stockade. Stockade fence. Ray pulls up his pickup truck. <clears throat> Me and Jay, Ray was a big dude. He was, like, way bigger than he should have been at, you know, 16. Like, we thought he was on steroids or some shit. We picked up the keg, me and Jay, over the fence, gave it to Ray, put it in the back of his truck, we took the keg, keg drove it to Jay's house, emptied out his fridge, <laughs> took all the meat out of his fridge, <laughs> took out the shelves, great. put the keg in the fucking fridge, and we had a keg for two weeks. Fucking A. <laughs> That's good shit. That's some fuck. That's some. Listen, I got some Long Island shit. I got some Long Island fucking good stories too, man. I wouldn't trade them for anything, man. Uh, I got a couple, man. Uh, one time we were partying by the church. Uh, what's the name of that church? I can't remember. It was oh, um no, it was uh, Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. <laughs> That's the one. I, I did. There's just funny things. I mean, we had so many people back there. And um, maybe it wasn't the church. I can't fucking remember, but it was by train tracks. And uh, the cops came, and I'll never forget it, man. We were barbecuing and drinking a keg, and the cops came, and they fucking chased us down. And I remember going, grabbing the meat off the grill, sticking it in my pocket and grabbing the keg and I'm running down the tracks <laughs> pulling a keg with a fucking London broil in my hand all burnt out like a yo big old fucking metal head gear on fucking yo did you get away from the cops? do you have the London broil? please somebody tell me you got the real London like fucking and I'm like dogs. it's right here <laughs> yo know, fucking nice guy Eddie shows up please someone tell me you got the London broil. <laughs> fucking 
Uh, dude, ah, uh, man, I met a couple times we had fights, and one time I got jumped. I remember every fucking party, every house party, a brawl. Every single one. Okay, I'll tell you one th- uh, One time I was proud. Alright, uh, right, there was a party one time. We were at this guy's house, and, you know, Wine Dance was just a pro- predominant... And, and the, That's a nice area. I was looking, looking <laughs> yeah, to buy over there. Yeah, and in the immortal words of Johnny Nissan, it's not predominantly, it's all black. <laughs> the undesirables. Yeah, so they come over and they want to go to this party. It's two of them. Uh, two black guys want to go to this party. They, and, and this particular house, for some reason, he had a guy, he had a guy at the door, like, to see who comes in and out. Uh, they used to do that, too. And yep. he, he wouldn't let them in. And they were drunk. Really? Yeah. And they were like, all right, we're going we're gonna to come back. And and they didn't leave to come back. <laughs> like, they didn't let them leave. <laughs> Dude, I went, I heard the commotion. They did a sunny? I, yeah, I went to the front. I saw a commotion. Um, there was about 15 young white dudes stomping out the car. Oh. Like, the two guys, the two guys were, like, on the floor, and the car was getting stomped out. And the reason why I say it was pride, not because we were white and they were black, because there's a hundred of us and there was two of them. It's just because that black shit don't, didn't intimidate anybody. No. Like it may do to the youth now. Yes. Because they're so predominant in movies and music and pop culture. Well, they're being looked up to. Right, because, you know. So <laughs> yeah, that was right. that was a great moment, man. You know, it, it, it's funny you say that, too, because that's another thing in Brooklyn, too. Well, actually, matter of fact, in West Babylon also, we we were not scared of anyone, you know. In, in, in Brooklyn, also, it, we were not scared. Of, you know, the blacks knew the white boys were crazy too. Like image means nothing, right? They didn't come by us. Listen, we didn't go by them. We're not stupid, you know. But now, it, it seems like the whites look up to the blacks so much to the point that they're intimidated. How how can I beat up somebody that I look up to? Is it because of the, know, is it because of the pop culture thing? It has to be. I would think. It, yes. it, 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 it I think it is. Because yeah. they they relate. Because. Uh, yeah, it's uh, a yeah. tough one to fucking explain. But it's just summed up is that whites look up to, to blacks. I mean, there's nothing wrong with looking up to a black guy, yeah. or looking up to a white guy. But when you're looking up to a race, just because. Did on a video and you fucking it's like yeah you 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 lost <laughs> it's bad yeah it's terrible and that's what's happening right now I mean what's the worst thing in the world is a winger <laughs> yeah and, and it's not even the the lines are so blurred now every everything yeah. everything is all intersected and interjected and this this isn't even coming from a, a white on black issue this is coming no. from an American yes like an like the future, I heard. Uh, do you remember the thing uh, happened a couple of weeks ago where the black baseball player came out? He was gay. Yes. Jason Connors or yes. Was. Well, Charles Barkley was was commenting on it, and 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 the grammar he was using mm-hmm. <laughs> it was was uh, fucking atrocious. I like Charles Barkley. He's do a, you? He's honest. He, do you really? He was honest. He's honest. Hell, he is that. He speaks his mind. Brutal honest. And he was brutalizing the English language. He was saying, he say, if he say he gay, then I'm cool. That mean he be gay? Right? Like, <laughs> how, how do you fucking... I know how he got the job, because he's a fucking... A, 
a legendary uh, player, but right. people of youth, the youth of today is not the band is watching that, and that's not how. That's not how to be. Well, I say that's not how to be. That, that's not even really. Pro- I can't speak too well either. No, but but not like I'm not on fucking ESPN. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna go up to a girl and ask her who her name is. You know what I'm saying? Hey no, girl, no. who who your name is? That's Nelly. I remember that. Oh, fuck, Nelly. Who your name is? I like to punch him right in his grill for even letting. You know what's funny? That if you say that, who your name is, right? If I said that to someone, I'd be looked at as a fucking retard. He says it, and all of a sudden, five million people are saying it, and it's all good. It's terrible. It's, we're lost. <laughs> it's, it's lost. Yeah, it's a, it's a good word for it. Lost. Yeah, everybody's lost, especially white. White America's lost. You think You think um, there's no identity? Like, I mean, I mean, how important white? how important is an identity anyway? I mean, I guess you just you are who you are. But if if there's so much pop culture influencing everybody with YouTube and internet mm-hmm. and you know all this shit, everybody wants to be a star. I guess identity is more important than ever. I tell you what, everybody makes fun, and this is where the fucking Guidos come back in. You can make fun of the Guidos all you want, right? But they are who they are. Are they? I don't know, but how you can't tell. But they have their identity. But did they get that identity from from the old school guys that you grew up with? Absolutely who were the not. who were the real deal? And they just they just took that and it, it implemented that into their life to have their own identity, or is it who they are? They took. The old school tough Italian rap. They tried to take that and incorporate that with their shit to intimidate. Not maybe not to intimidate, but to add to their like persona. You understand what I'm saying? Like they tried to take that. Intimidation. Such a hard thing. Intimidation is bullshit without intent. If you Mm -hmm. intend to intimidate somebody. You can't, you, you have to be able to, you want, all right, if you want to intimidate somebody, that's not going to work. If you intimidate someone, but you Unless ha- you're a black guy talking to a white guy, intimidation just works just fine. In, in 2010, <laughs> yeah. But like, you can't, you have to be ready to do, you can't just, in, I'm going to go intimidate him. No, you, you have to be ready to do something, because if you try to intimidate somebody and they're ready to do something, you're not, where does that get you? Oh, I... In the hospital, maybe. You know? <laughs> hey, well, I... I think white America... Is lost. Yeah, I do. Like you said. Yeah, I really do. They, I, they don't... Their identity is in, in up for grabs. and They don't know if they want to be who they are, or they don't know if they want to be... Uh, dude, this, this, conversations like that can go on for fucking days, man. And it kind of, it kind of all comes back to New York hardcore, you know. Because I walked into a place, I, uh, I walked into a place today, not today, yesterday. I, uh, I deliver packages for a living with a parcel service. I was doing a delivery at a uh, auto parts store, and I was, I was wearing my pitchfork hoodie because it was raining, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I'm not supposed to wear other stuff. I'm supposed to wear a uniform. Mm-hmm. But I said, "Fuck it, it's raining. Right. I'm wearing a hood." So I come in. This fucking guy is like, "Good shirt." So next time I came back the next day, I was like, so you know Pitchfork, you probably know Hardcore. 
and Punk. He was like, yeah, you going to the Super Bowl? Yeah, oh, hey, what's up? Just like that. Right, just like that. Now, I think guys like that and me and you and hopefully some of the youth that we, you know, with our kids or whatever, we can somehow influence. It's tough to fight the fucking big media machine. Of course, especially when they make it out to be great. To be like the, 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 the catalyst to look beyond identity, beyond fame, beyond... We have to bring back values. You know, shame is gone. There's no more shame, which mm-hmm. is I think is a good thing. Right. We got to bring back just basic core values. Don't I don't agree. I try to do that. Don't don't fucking don't sacrifice yourself to be someone you're not. Like if we can if we can pass that down to our kids somehow while fighting this media machine and and pop culture and where it's going is just going to get worse. If we could somehow pass... That's our only job is to pass that down to our kids. Somehow, if they can grab it, pass it down to their kids, we're, we're, we're helping to bring back this country, I think. I don't know. That's all we can do. I got to say that I agree with that and I do that to my son. My daughter's too. She's, we, I got time. I got time to marinate over that and see how I'm going to do that because yeah. she's, you know... But my son... The one thing about my son is he is who he is. And even... He is 13 years old. And if he likes to play Dungeons and Dragons, he'll do it. And he doesn't give a fuck what anyone thinks. That's great. And it's it's beautiful. And I sometimes... I look at, And I say to myself, not to be cocky, I say to myself, God damn it, I did a good job with that. That's great. Because I think that's one of the problems is people fucking... Not people. Kids. Us. Uh, you know what? I think from our generation cared more about people people think now I just think people want to be famous mm-hmm. but it's so great that a, a, a 13 year old just does I'm doing this because I want to do this exactly. and I don't give a fuck what you think that's right and that's the way he my son your nephew <laughs> <laughs> that's the way he is he, he he doesn't care if he wants to paint his hair red he, and everyone's going to make fun of him. He does not care. He's going to do it. That's great. Yeah, that's, it's that's perfect. The, that's where things have to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony, thanks for doing my podcast. Anytime. You got your hands on. Really appreciate it, man. Anytime. New York Hardcore, stay real. Later, guys. Mm-hmm.